thrown over it. I must have walked by it two or three times before even noticing the little sign hanging out in front. Thaddeus Blinn, I can give you whatever you ask for, only fifty cents. <laughs> Impossible, I thought. Suppose I ask Thaddeus Blinn to cure my knee that got sore whenever the weather changed, or I wanted the hair to grow back on my bald spot. Fiddlesticks! I started to walk away. There are no limits, you know. Anything you could possibly imagine can be yours. I turned about. The man who'd drawn back the tent flaps was short and fat, like a big ball on two legs. He wore a white suit and his vest was red, with a thick gold watch chain stretched across his belly. The huge mustache under his bulb of a nose bristled fiercely as his mouth curved into a toothy smile. He put me in mind of Santa Claus, shaved and dressed for warm weather. "'Blinn's the name, sir,' he said with a tip of his derby. "'Thaddeus Blinn, at your service.' Something happened then that might have been just my imagining or a trick of the light— Thaddeus Blinn's eyes glowed for a brief moment, like those of a cat when lantern light reaches the dark corner where it's sitting. Even after the glow died, Blinn's eyes didn't appear quite human. The pupils weren't round, but long and narrow like the eyes of a snake. "'If you don't come inside now, you'll not sleep tonight from wondering about me, stew meat,' Blinn went on. I forgot all about his eyes when I heard that. "'How in tarnation did you know my name?' I asked him. "'Your curiosity will soon be satisfied,' said Blinn, pointing into the tent. It was cool and shady inside, with the air full of the musty smell of old canvas. A bench ran across the rear of the tent, and three people were sitting on it. Eleven-year-old Polly Kemp— was at one end. Polly lives with her widowed mother out where the footbridge crosses Spider Creek. If Polly had lived closer to town where she ran into folks more often, there's a real possibility that somebody in a fit of anger would have done her real bodily harm, or at least put a muzzle on her. Not that Polly was downright mean, she just said whatever popped into her head without a thought about whether the word she said hurt others. Honesty, Polly called it, but when honesty causes nothing but anger and hurt feelings, maybe there ought to be a limit. Polly, though, didn't know what that limit was. Next to Polly was Rowena Jervis. A giddy fifteen, Rowena was in love with love itself. She had her eye on Henry Piper, the young farm machinery salesman who came to town twice a year. He'd make eyes at Rowena, and she'd go all soft inside and sigh deeply and write, Mrs. Henry Piper and the dust on my store window. If Rowena had a wish granted by Thaddeus Blinn, then Henry Piper would be in it somewhere. A little apart from the two girls was sixteen-year-old Adam Fisk. His pa's farm was the driest in the county. And when there were spells of no rain, Adam spent a lot of his time toting water all the way from Spider Creek in his wagon with the tubs and back. Just now, after three weeks without rain, Adam would probably have given everything he possessed for a single glass of water that he didn't have to haul all the way from that darn creek. 
I took a seat between Rowena and Adam. We all looked up at Blynn. The little man stood at the entrance of the tent, and he seemed to be hoping more customers would come along. I've been here nearly half an hour, said Adam finally. Can we get on with it, Mr. Blynn? I should think so, Polly added. I ain't planning on sitting in this smelly tent all day. Thaddeus Blynn let the tent flaps fall and turned toward us. The expression on his face showed he wasn't too happy about having so few of us there. Alas, he said with a sigh, so many people just cannot make themselves believe. I'm not really sure I believe you myself, said Rowena. I read the sign and just came in because I was curious. What is it you're selling, Mr. Blynn? I'm selling wishes, child. Blynn.